This is Plant-Based Briefing, An Inconvenient Diet by Victoria Moran at MainStreetVegan.com. And I'm Marian Erickson, host of this curated content plant-based podcast, where I narrate a variety of articles on healthy, compassionate, and sustainable living with permission in about 10 minutes or less every weekday. And I'm thrilled to have permission from Victoria Moran to share content from her site, Main Street Vegan Academy. Victoria Moran is the New York City-based author of The Love Powered Diet, Main Street Vegan, and in January 2025, Age Like a Yogi. She hosts the Main Street Vegan podcast and the Main Street Vegan Salon, a celebrity talk show on Unchained TV. And she's the director of Main Street Vegan Academy, training vegan lifestyle coaches and educators since 2012. So now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. An Inconvenient Diet by Victoria Moran at MainStreetVegan.com At a hotel cafe in Aspen, I saw a man order a coffee to go. It came in a styrofoam cup, and he asked if there was any alternative. He was told there wasn't, and as an environmentalist, he refused the coffee. I was impressed. Most coffee drinkers need that morning joe, but his principals said he couldn't drink it if it came in a container that would live in a landfill for 500 years. It's inconvenient to be a committed environmentalist and it can be inconvenient to be a vegan. I've spent 40 years telling people how great a cruelty-free life can be. To stop eating our fellow creatures is a moral imperative, check. Plants heal, check. Being vegan shrinks your carbon footprint to a size 2, check. You'll free up food to feed hungry people, check. A kind diet supports spiritual growth, check. And it's really easy. Actually, I've rethought this particular checkmark. Almost anything you truly believe in is easy, fun, and rewarding, but if you're not all in, any permutation of plant-based becomes, with apologies to Al Gore, an inconvenient diet. Despite the rise in vegan restaurants and products, living this lifestyle is not the norm, and when we interact with the not-yet-vegan world, there are annoyances. If you're vegan, you've probably experienced similar ones. You're out somewhere, and the closest thing to non-dairy milk is creamer, not vegan. The breakfast burrito ingredients are clearly posted, onions, peppers, red beans, salsa, but it comes full of scrambled egg. The elegant cotton suit jacket you're about to buy turns out to be 19% wool. The menu at that trendy chain was one-third vegan before the pandemic. All that's left now is lentil soup, lentil salad, and a blueberry muffin. Your special meal didn't make it onto the plane, and Heathrow is across the ocean. And at the devoutly vegetarian yoga center, the preferred snack at the retreat is cheese bread. Not one of these is major, but when they happen over and over, they're enough to cause people who aren't fully committed to return to their former habits. They're unlikely to give inconvenience as a reason, and are more likely to say that they gave up on veganism because they felt a bit off physically. They gained weight or lost too much. They were tired or anxious. They felt hungry or ran out of ideas for what to eat. Their doctor or their acupuncturist or an article they read warned against eating plant foods only. Friends kept telling them they weren't fun anymore. They started to think that eating vegan was elitist, since not everyone has the option. While there may be some truth in these, they often cover the real reason many people return to animal products. The little inconveniences add up. And they're often not expected since the person who introduced them to veganism, maybe me, maybe you, promised that it would be easy. I don't do that anymore. Lately, I'm making a point not to promise what I can't deliver, simple, seamless vegan living. Simpler and closer to seamless than it was when I started out? Good heavens, yes. 
But it's not yet the norm out there in the world, and a lot of the people a new vegan will confront still don't get it. Is this vegan? I'm not sure. It's gluten-free, though. Can I order the spaghetti without the meatballs? Yeah, but it costs the same. Can I work with a trainer without getting their take on nutrition? Absolutely. Thanks for your patience. Here's your nutrition guide. Those of us who have been vegan for a while take all this in stride. It can be tough for newbies, though, especially those who are devastated by standing out or feeling that they're making a fuss. These days, then, I don't negate the challenges. When someone says, being vegan must be really hard, I say, not once you know what you're doing. It can be inconvenient, though. But I'd rather put up with some inconvenience than expect an animal to put up with torture. So yeah, you may sometimes have to drink your coffee black or find only one suitable entree on a menu, and even that one may call for an edit or two. But when you think about why you're doing this, who you're doing it for, and the amount of suffering you're alleviating, you'll be happy to do whatever it takes, and you'll feel really proud of yourself. I also emphasize that although we do all we can to get this right in every circumstance, sometimes the barista will goof, or the shredded cheddar you asked not to have shows up on your salad. At these times, I think it's important to be low-key and civil. We have the option of screaming about the mammary secretions of enslaved cows, that's certainly what dairy is, and we have the option of saying, oops, I think this has cow's milk, I ordered soy. The latter option makes sense to me. Just saying the phrase cow's milk instead of regular milk speaks volumes. Most people who still consume dairy don't think about it's coming from a cow. You just woke somebody up. In the case of the salad, you can ask for another one or just remove the cheese as best you can. Doing the former doesn't make you a better vegan, since they'll throw that salad out and the cheese will be eaten by the garbage can. In cases of inconvenience, the task is simply to make the best of things. Don't eat anything you don't want to eat. You have every right to ask for what's appropriate, but none of us has the right to rant about it. If there's a way to speak up for the animals in a manner that won't do more harm than good, take that opportunity. Sometimes it's as simple as choosing the right words, as in the example of saying cow's milk, or, I'm sorry if I wasn't clear, I'm a vegan and don't eat anything taken from an animal. That word taken flies in the face of what we were taught, that animals give their milk, their eggs, and their lives. Is it sometimes inconvenient to take the high road? Yes, often. That's why so few people are on it. Give yourself credit by saying, I don't care if it's not easy all the time, it's the right thing to do. And people are watching. We think of influencers as photogenic superhumans with huge followings, but doing something just a tiny bit noble makes you an influencer too. Do you know when I saw that man in Aspen who skipped his morning coffee? 1993, over 30 years ago. And after all this time, I still remember witnessing a stranger demonstrate the courage of his convictions. And I'm sharing what he did with you. Somebody will share what you do too. When you're calm and kind and classy, inconveniences be damned. There's no end to what you can do and what you can model for others. You just listened to An Inconvenient Diet by Victoria Moran at Main Street Vegan Academy at MainStreetVegan.com. And I'm Marian Erickson, your host. And I didn't make the connection when I first read this article, but when I was listening to it again editing, a light bulb went off about the part where she said most people won't admit they gave up veganism because of inconvenience. But I did. Well, I gave up vegetarianism after over a decade because of inconvenience. Literally, I told people I was just sick of the limited options in restaurants. I figured I could just say, oh, I'm just going to be like everybody else. It was too inconvenient. Ha ha ha. And you might have heard me mention this before, but I attribute that all to the fact that I never bothered to educate myself. 
and I never really knew what animals were going through. It wasn't until many years later when I went whole food plant-based just for health benefits and was researching and happened to hear some animal activists on podcasts that I was horrified, horrified, in tears taking notes. So I don't know what your experience is or what you think about this, but I think that people who know the truth about animal agriculture can never go back. I think the people that were vegan or vegetarian and then went back to eating animals didn't know the truth. You couldn't. How could you go back to eating animals and paying for abuse? Anyway, a little bit of a side rant. But that's why I sprinkle in information about animal agriculture, because it's so important to staying the course. And I've mentioned this before, but one of my favorite resources to learn all the basics and to share with people is the Hope for the Animals podcast. She has a series called Reason for Vegan. And if you go to hopefortheanimalspodcast.org episodes and then select Reason for Vegan series, she has 10 episodes focusing on all the major areas of animal agriculture. Really well laid out, excellent way to educate people who might be interested in listening to the truth about various aspects of animal agriculture. And then one last resource, I'll link this in the show notes as well, is people who fall for the humane hoax or humane washing, which I admit I did as well a while back. That was how I justified my stopping being vegetarian was I was going to buy humanely raised animals. But that's an oxymoron. It's impossible to breed someone into existence, separate the families, raise them with the sole purpose of killing them at a fraction of their natural lifespan just so you can eat them and do this humanely when they don't want to die and they don't want to be separated from their families. There are so many factors to this, but there's a great free online conference coming up that you can register for and attend, attend part of it or attend none and just get the recordings afterwards. But it's the Humane Hoax online conference and you can find that at humanehoax.org. It's Saturday, February 24th, and I'll link that in the show notes as well. So please share this episode with anyone who might benefit, and thanks for listening.